attention sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Did you drink, did the nominee drink to excess or use drugs? That is a standard question that's asked each and every time. And 150 people were interviewed for those background investigations and none of them brought forth the evidence to support that. When the rubber meets the road, when the hour is critical, when a historic precedent needs to be set, the United States Senate most often finds its way to doing what is right. On this vote, the ayes are 50, the nays are 48. The nomination of Brett M. Kavanaugh of Maryland to be an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is confirmed. And now, Stacey Washington. Guess what? It's a day of celebration. Somber celebration, but celebration nonetheless, because we were able to watch the Republicans hold the line. They actually snatched victory from the jaws of victory. And I'm pretty flabbergasted about it. I think it's pretty amazing. Welcome to the program here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to, first of all, we have Alan West on the program today. So excited to get to speak with him. And then also, we are going to be just going through, I have a bunch of information for you. And I want to start off by saying the Supreme Court wars have begun. Yeah, the Supreme Court wars have begun. And so I want to first, as is the best policy for us when as Christians, when we pray and our prayers are answered, we are supposed to give thanks. And so I want to give thanks, a prayer of thanks. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for answering our prayers. Our needs do not end here, but we want to give glory to you and worship you and praise you because your goodness endures forever. I also want to pray the uh, psalm to you, the psalm of thanksgiving, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. You are good, Father. Your love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of God's your love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Your love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers and for giving us the opportunity to rely on you. And we just ask you to remember us as we go forward, because we still need you now more than ever. As we watch the political atmosphere in our land just continue to degrade, we know you're still in control and that you will work all of these things out for our good, the good of those who are called according to your purpose. Amen. So, I was really excited to see them. I almost felt like I wasn't awake. I, I felt like I was in kind of like a twilight zone where Saturday I had, we, our family had so many things going on and everybody was going in a different direction. And I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm by this laptop. I'm going to watch this. And I watched the live stream on Facebook for Fox news. And I watched as the senators all stood up and cast their votes. And then I watched as vice president Pence announced that judge, 
Brett Kavanaugh would be the newest associate justice on the Supreme Court and what the vote tally was. And then instead of turning to regular media, I did I did spend about five minutes on CNN just to see what they were talking about. Um, I just kind of I, I felt really like almost like weeping. But then I also felt like I needed to really steal myself up because this is not the end. It's only the beginning. And so over the course of the weekend, as I unplugged and kind of stepped away and then kind of reinvigorated myself back into the news today, I came to see that, you know, I, my, my premonition was correct. The Democrats are saying if they win back the House, they're going to now impeach not just Donald Trump, but they're going to impeach Brett Kavanaugh and that the Supreme Court is destroyed. And so legal co- scholars all over the country are now raising their voices in angst because they feel that it is improper to delegitimize the Supreme Court because, you know, someone you don't like is now on it. But that is what the Democrats have to do, because if they're not in charge of the Supreme Court, then it just doesn't matter. It's, it's not it's no longer of any value. So I found a scripture that kind of applies to what's going on with them. It's the Daily Confession, Isaiah 59, 7. Their feet run to evil. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts. Ruin and destruction lie in their wake. I'm talking about these activists. Um, Not every Democrat in America fits this description, so don't mistake what I'm saying. But I think we know who fits this description. And so the Bible tells us that we're we're not to fear, but we are in prayer and supplication make to make every need known to God and that he will supply all of our needs through his riches. He's, he's able to do greater and far above all that we dare ask or think. And according to the power that works within us, and that is some amazing power. And also over the weekend, when I got a little discouraged, I felt reminded of a prayer that the Lord answered for me that I'd, I'd actually prayed. I'd actually gone down to the front at the altar and I was having some, it was a physical ailment that I was having. And I prayed, you know, I prayed for healing. My husband prayed for me. I went down the altar a couple of times and had the prayer team, you know, they'll, they'll have people down there who'll pray with you. We go to evangelical church y'all. So, and God answered that prayer and I didn't have to have a surgery, but it was, it's like, you know how we are. We're like kids. When we get one thing we've asked for, we just move on to the next thing. And we need to give glory to God when he answers our prayers. And so I, I encourage you to take a moment out from all the political rancor and really to glorify God and magnify his name for answering our prayer that this tactic, this political tactic of destroying someone's personal character and their family and their lives, that not only did the destruction not work and Kavanaugh and his family still stand undestroyed, they stand, they, they may be weakened, but they're not bowed, they're not broken, um, that we, we can rejoice that prayers were answered. It's one of the few times I, I'm, I mean, I see a lot of people saying, oh, let's pray about this. Let's pray about that. I saw it everywhere I looked, people saying they were praying for the Kavanaugh's and for Blasey Ford, the Blasey Ford family, because she didn't have the support of her family. I don't know if you guys noticed that her family was not publicly supporting her and they weren't there at the hearing with her. And so it was, you know, they, they they're now going through some probably difficult times and, and they could use our prayers as well. But. I I wanted to remind you that there's nothing new under the sun. And so we are not to be discouraged because if in Isaiah 59, seven, that's the old Testament, God tells us that there are those whose feet run to evil. They're swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts, ruin and destruction lie in their wake. Then that means this is not a new happenstance that we're dealing with, but the answer is still the same. So be encouraged. And uh, I'm I'm very excited about Judge Kavanaugh joining that court and making his mark. 
uh, and, and beginning to rule on cases. And uh, that brings me to some conversation that was had recently. This was last week. And it was Justice Elena Kagan. And she and uh, the other Justice, uh, I don't know why when I say one of their names, the other one slips my mind. But you know which two I'm speaking of. Uh, Sotomayor. So she and um, Sotomayor were sitting on a panel together speaking to a group. And she began to lament that the Supreme Court would no longer have a middle because Justice Anthony Kennedy is gone and he's been replaced with what they consider to be a person who's hard on the right. And we're going to get to that as well. Today, we're actually going to talk about Susan Collins's epic speech that everyone was so enamored with. I'm glad she voted yes, but I actually don't think that her speech was as stunningly phenomenal as a lot of people are saying. And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that. But now... You got to hear Judge Elena Kagan talking about this topic of whether or not the court has a swing vote. And I want to see if you you hear the same thing that I hear when she makes the statement. There's a glaringly obvious uh, given like, you know, basically we all operate from similar premises or standpoints. If we're dealing with the truth, we all agree on the definitions of words. And so that's how we can communicate. And so she communicates without saying outright what she thinks the norm of the court should be. It's number five. Starting with Justice O'Connor and, um, and continuing with Justice Kennedy, there has been a person who people who found the center or people couldn't predict in that sort of way. It's not so clear that, uh, you know, I think going forward, uh, uh, that sort of middle position, you know, it's not so clear whether we'll have it. So if you heard that the way I heard it, then you understand that what she's saying is as long as there are four conservatives on the court and there are four liberals, whoever is the fifth person, one person, one of those people has to swing to the left the default position is that the left needs someone to swing to their side. So the, the left never swings to the right. You never see Elena Kagan or, or uh, you know, Sotomayor or, or Ginsburg, you never, Breyer, you never see them swing over to the right. They don't join the majority opinion on deciding cases. Now, they'll sometimes join the majority opinion or be in the majority on things that are not social issues, not integral to Democrat party politics, things like that. But when it comes to swinging, the swinging is supposed to happen on the right. And so far they've been correct. What we do is we send these justices to the Supreme Court and we expect that they will govern from the right. But one of them invariably ends up swinging as Kennedy did. And I, I just still don't to this day understand why we call him a conservative jurist when he's ushered in some, the most liberal societal changes, you know, ever in the history of this country. The, the legalization of same-sex marriage, abortion, contraception. And, and I'm, not, I'm not actually against contraception, but we're talking about issues that at the time were pivotal and were, if, were he to have stood as a standard bearer of the, the politics that he proclaimed when he was appointed, he would not have been the one to swing over, as you say. So what she's saying is the court can't really be Valid if we don't have a Republican, someone who is appointed by a Republican who's willing to swing over to us on social issues. 
We, we don't have a proper balance on the court. Now, if you think they're making these kinds of veiled statements now, wait until it's RBG or Breyer who is retiring. And I tell you, they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth. They're 85. And this, this, is, this is where we are, where we literally have this idea from the left that they need not ever validate an opinion where we need a fifth vote, where people on the right of the spectrum need a fifth vote. But when they need a fifth vote, we need to appoint someone who's liberal enough that they'll get the vote that they need. And if they can't do that, then the Supreme Court's totally invalid. She also makes kind of this statement about how you've got Kavanaugh and he's so partisan because he mentioned the Clintons and their vendettas that they're so famous for launching and waging. But is she not doing the same thing in this statement? The hypocrisy here is rank and obvious and should be called out everywhere because she's saying he's too partisan to be on the court while she's making a partisan statement about the validity of the court should there not be a Republican who's willing to swing to the left when they want to radically change and modify and really degrade American culture for their ideological obsession? So perhaps Kagan should fill that role of a swing voter. Here's a short clip from a panel on CNN where they're discussing this. And the guy who's speaking is from the Federalist Society. It's number six. But let me mention two things about uh, Justice Kagan's yeah. comments. One, I, I think she now has an opportunity to be that swing justice in a way. Uh, she can start joining <laughs> on legal opinions that she agrees with, the conservative votes, and perhaps change the, the texture of that opinion and what comes out. She's been known at Harvard when she was the dean to work with conservatives, to bring conservatives onto the faculty. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity for her to fill that role. I also think she was warning Senator Lighthouse and others, don't attack the court. And that's what you see the left starting to do. We, we didn't win the Kavanaugh decision, so they're saying to themselves, now we have to destroy the Supreme Court. That's the last thing that Americans want to see happen out of all of Well, I mean, he's not wrong. We'll be back with Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West right after these messages. Stay there. been hearing the messages from Preborn asking listeners to join together to help save babies' lives through ultrasound, and you're not sure how to respond. Here's the story of one woman who took that step. I heard about Mission Preborn just before December of last year and asked my husband if we could give at least 140. Just last week, we received our packet. My husband came in the house, and he was telling me, this is our Preborn packet, the ultrasounds. I started crying without even seeing them. Not only were there five babies, but one of the moms was having twins. We were just elated for that. For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds, and you'll receive a story and a picture of babies' lives that were spared. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your sponsorship goes to saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, or go to preborn.com. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. 
I once read a book that deeply disturbed me. It advocated an approach to ministry and preaching that suggested the audience determines the truth we tell them. As I read, I kept thinking, this is like going to someone's house for dinner and the ambiance is marvelous, the house is breathtakingly beautiful, and as you sit down at the dining room table, the place setting is stunning and the conversation is engaging, but there's only one problem. There's no meal. You've had a great time and a great experience, but you're still hungry. What we want to hear may not be what we need to hear. Too many of us are apologizing for the primacy and power of the Word of God. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to change lives. It's, it's not our stories. It's not our illustrations. It's not our audience analysis. It's not even how relevant we look or the quotes that we make. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 5, 8, and 10, there's a wonderful revival that breaks out, fueled by the discovery of the Word of God. Listen to these words beginning in verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Verse 8, And they read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense, so that they understood the reading. God moved in a powerful way in the hearts and lives of the people in response to the Word of God. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. Being faithful to the Word of God is not an option. God has not promised to bless our stories and illustrations. He has promised to bless and use His Word to change lives. Crawford Loritz is Senior Pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in suburban Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, go to livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited that we have been able to, you know, weather the storm that the um, the Republicans actually, they stuck it out. They They just... They just held their ground. And even with the delay, I remember thinking to myself with Jeff Flake, you know, it's like you've got uh, you've got Jeff Flake saying he wants a delay. And at first I started to just you could you, you know how when you get angry, you can feel everything just starting. to You're like, mm, I can't believe it. And then I realized, wait a minute, another week isn't going to kill anything. But they're hopping mad because they see what a witch hunt this is. And. I bet you anything they're going to give them enough rope to hang themselves. But th- this is this is not going to deter what's going to happen here. And and it turned out my gut instinct was right. And, and there were many other people who said the same thing. You know, hold the line. Don't get upset. The, the delay is a delay, but it's it's only a week. And they really held to it. And I'm I'm happy with the GOP Senate right now for uh, for having the backbone to make that happen. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Allard, Alan Bernard West, an American political commentator, retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, and former member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He is a Republican, and he is a firebrand. Thank you so much, sir, for joining the show today. Hey, it's good to be with you, Stacey, and uh, happy Columbus Day. Oh, happy Columbus Day. Yeah, I'm, I'm super happy about it being Columbus Day as well. I'm, I'm not at all upset about the historical ramifications. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a it's a good thing. I mean, uh, him finding the uh, the trade routes uh, by going west was very important 
through the uh, discovery of America and and uh, the expansion of Western civilization. Absolutely. So I would love. So I wanted to talk about two things today. Well, actually, three. First off, um, I wanted to get your reaction to the awesome news that we now have Associate Justice Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. He's already seated his four law clerks, all women. And he's moving forward in a historic fashion to fulfill his role there. No, I think it was a, a very good uh, win over the progressive socialist left. We showed once again that the rule of law uh, will supersede mob rule. But unfortunately, what we have to come to understand is that this is not over. If you listen to a lot of what they're saying now on the other side is that they want to win the House and they want to win the Senate so they can impeach him. Impeach him for what? He, hasn't, he hasn't made a single decision, so what are you going to impeach him for? But this is the complete delusion and the derangement of the left that we have to make sure that we come out and we vote in this uh, midterm, uh, midterm election cycle so that you don't see Jared Nadler as the uh, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee and you make sure that uh, we keep that majority over on the Senate side as well. So the ideological civil war that we are engaged in in the United States of America is just, just as hot as ever, and I think that we cannot be complacent. We cannot rest on any laurels of uh, Justice Kavanaugh being seated. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, you know, I, one of my, my primary things with this whole process has been that we have to kind of accept this as the new normal um, you know, if it's if it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Justice Breyer who next retires from the Supreme Court and it's a woman who's chosen, there are three women on that fantastic list from the Federalist Society, we may very well see allegations that are even more spurious than the ones launched at Judge Kavanaugh launched at these women. And they're, because they're women, they're, that won't give them any protection. No, it won't. But I think the most important thing we need to do now, there needs there, there must be legal consequences against people that brought up false allegations and accusations against Judge Brett Kavanaugh, or else they will go back to that, uh, that same tactic. You know, I was reading today that uh, Christine Blasey Ford has already decided she's not going to pursue any type of uh, sexual misconduct allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. Well, if it was so important, uh, if it was really that critical, you should be pursuing it if you believe that it really happened. But as far as Deborah Ramirez and Julie Swetnick, you know, someone should be looking at, uh, you know, this is perjury, what they did. And the fact that they, there is no corroborating witnesses or corroboration whatsoever, uh, these are unsubstantiated. You think about the women who accused Judge Roy Moore the day after he lost his race to Judge Jones in, in the Alabama special election. You never heard anything else from them. Mm-hmm. You think about Herman Cain the day after he stepped down. Uh, from his uh, presidential candidacy bid. You never heard about any allegations against him. So yet, but we haven't heard anything about the woman who was accused and uh, allegedly uh, was beaten by Keith Ellison, who was number two at the Democrat National Committee, and that's Karen Monahan. So we need to continue to bring out the hypocrisy and the ugliness of the left. But like I said, there have to be legal consequences or else they'll do this again. I couldn't agree more. And so turning to, I actually... I got an email notification that you had a new video up at your website. And the video is of you at the Young Americas Foundation speaking, uh, Young Americans for Freedom, mm-hmm. I mean. And you're speaking and, and you're taking some Q&A. And there's a young black woman who approaches the, the microphone and she's pretty belligerent. And she basically asks you if you identify 
as a black person. And when I saw the clip, I thought, oh, my goodness, where is this going to go? Now, you handled her. And you were so nice because she was utterly rude and pugnacious. But you you were so professional with her. But it, it occurred to me that now we're going to this is this is where we are in America, where the lunacy has spread to the point where you have to as a black person, a person who is visibly a black person, as I am, you have to be asked, you identify as black because black has become an ideology of the left as opposed to just yeah. a characteristic, an innate characteristic. I wanted you to talk about that exchange a little bit because I'm, I think it's instructive for us on how to deal with this. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It happened at Northwestern University, and that's supposed to be one of the most you know, highly intellectual uh, uh, institutions of higher learning in the United States of America. And I just finished giving a, a speech on national security, foreign policy, and we were focused on the Iranian nuclear agreement. And this young lady came up, and, and she was one of the first people, and that was her question. And so, as you just stated, the thing about being black now is about an ideology. It's not about, you know, what your skin color is. You're supposed to be part of this monolithic uh, think uh, group is kind of like the Borg from the old Star Trek, where <laughs> you're not identified as a person. You're just, you know, seven of nine of the black people. Uh, and I found it, I had to catch myself because I, I laughed a little bit, and then I realized how serious it was. And the fact that she thinks that if you don't think along a certain way, you're not really black. And the other thing is that she is still out there, you know, talking about this black victimization. And as I brought out, this is a time when we see the lowest amount, the, the lowest number in, in black unemployment that we have ever seen in history, which means that everyone is out working. They are able to take care of themselves. And I brought up to her, you know, it's about a quality of opportunity, not a, not a quality of outcomes. And it's so sad that we have our young people on these colleges and universities, they're not getting a quality education. They're getting an indoctrination. And you saw that with this past weekend with all the young people that are out there not understanding the rule of law, due process, the three branches of government, and the responsibilities of a president to uh, nominate someone to the Supreme Court, the responsibilities of the legislative branch, and then the responsibilities of the judicial branch to be able to interpret law and not make law. So I think that what uh, this young lady did, uh, first of all, embarrassed herself a little bit, but she gave a window into what is happening on our college campuses and universities. Now, hopefully it's something that black people will start to see and understand, is that we cannot be uh, forced into some collective subjugation, that we have to be able to individually think for ourselves. Okay, so you you unpacked a lot there, sir, and I'm I'm... I'm so glad that you're here to discuss this because I I felt like almost a bit of, you know, it's like a rage that you're like, you're, you're watching, I'm watching this young woman and her, the way she's talking to you, it's as if you're outside of the camp, you know, like, you know, you have to be put out of the camp if you were sick or if you have leprosy or something like that. And so as a conservative mm -hmm, person mm -hmm. of color, you're put outside the camp and then she has to roughly castigate you to kind of bring you to the knowledge that you're wrong as if. In her youth, you know, a young woman in her early 20s, yeah. she could somehow materially impact the way you think about things as if you haven't thought it through yourself. And you, you mentioned the unemployment. Um, and I think it's so like it's it's the it's the untold story right now, of the Trump presidency, that so many people are working and spending money and, and really radically changing their circumstances that they just it can't be quantified. Can you talk about how that really brings people out of I think it changes 
your ideology, when you begin to make money and become successful, you begin to see the world differently? Well, it's very simple, Stacey. Uh, you know, what Donald Trump is doing is economically empowering people, as opposed to what Barack Obama and the people on the left and this young lady believe in. They believe in economic subjugation. They believe in economic enslavement. They would prefer to have people dependent upon a government because, therefore, the, uh, they, they are owing to them their electoral patronage instead of being able to go out and truly, you know, pursue your own happiness. Instead of having people like a Bernie Sanders or a Kamala Harris or Cory Booker trying to guarantee your happiness, this whole thing about universal basic income and everyone has a right to a guaranteed job and the government has to provide it. No, no they don't. Just, just, you know, provide the policies that allow people to go out and pursue their own opportunities and be successful. You know, my mom once said that self-esteem only comes from doing esteemable things. Mm. But I would also tell you that my mom, if she saw a video of me and how I acted uh, as, like that young lady, I would get beaten. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that there is a breakdown in our home when we have that lack of respect as well. It is. I mean, I can't imagine going on TV and acting like that. And then my mom, you know, knowing about it. And you know how it is. And I, I know in your family, it has to be the same. You're never too old for your parents to call you up and be like, I saw what you did. You know, you, you're, you may be grown. You may be yeah. on your own. Ticket, and they will call you and say, um, I, I think I think we need to have a talk about that because that, we don't act like that. That that is something that's lost on on today's generation. And it's their parents who've who've who failed them in this arena. Um, so I thank you for kind of explaining that encounter. I encourage people to go to your website. Can you give the website for people to know where to go to, to watch that? Sure. The web, the website is the old school com, And it's the uh, young Americas for freedom. Uh, that's the organization. YAF.org is where you can find the entire presentation. It was at Northwestern university. And thank you so much for having me on Stacey. I really appreciate it. I do. I have one more quick question for you before you go, though. Yeah. And that is about the, the, the time between now and the end of this kind of second round that we're in with the 2016 election and the Democrats haven't accepted it. And now we're, we're just a few weeks away from November 6th. What is your recommendation to people who are out, you know, you're maybe knocking doors, you're doing whatever, and you're talking about what you believe in that has been the most successful kind of maybe accomplishments of this administration, not so much as vote this party or that party, but as a kind of winning philosophy yeah. for living. You don't, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just so much about voting because we sure. live beyond that. The winning philosophy, I believe, is the economy is strong and it's also about personal responsibility. How would you frame that to mm -hmm. someone that you were talking to? I would, I would frame it the exact same way as I did to the young lady. It is about the equality of opportunity. It says no matter where you are born or no matter where you come from in the East Great United States of America and under this current administration, you can determine your own success as opposed to what the progressive socialist left is talking about, which is an equality of outcomes where they make the decisions and they make the determinations for you because they don't see you as an individual. You're just part of a collective grouping. And again, that is what that young lady was trying to say is that if you are black, then you have to think a certain way. And that's why she asked me that insidious question, if I identify as black. I identify as, a, as an American, as a Christian, as a husband, as a dad, as a soldier, as a statesman. That's how I identify. My color is just something that my mom and dad uh, determined for me, but it is not a crutch and it does not determine how I think. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. It was great to chat with you. Happy Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. God bless you. God bless. That's Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. He's retired. He also was in Congress. So many fantastic accomplishments. You can find out more at yaf.org and theoldschoolpatriot.com. Um, it, so many good things for you to read over there at his websites. And he also does a ton of speaking engagements across the country, so you can catch him on college campuses and kind of go on. I, if I'm not mistaken, those events are open to the public. You just have to uh, register, I think, online to go and hear a speaker. And I know the next time he's anywhere near here, I'll be definitely signing up to go and see him and hear him in person. Um, and so we will be taking some calls. In fact, we probably have time for a quick call right now. Um, Norman in Mississippi, thank you so much for calling the show today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was just listening to uh, uh, Colonel West on your program, mm-hmm. and uh, typically he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. He uh, seems to have a pretty good handle on uh, Republican politics. I don't think he do a whole lot about Democrat, but he, he typically have a good handle on Republican politics, and he... Uh, seem to know what is going on in terms of world affairs, but he is wrong-headed on this uh, idea of suing people because of what they said about you. And the reason why I'm saying it, you could never win. The best thing to do in politics uh, and for Kavanaugh to do is to take his cause and move on. Well, but the the lawsuit doesn't have to be Judge Kavanaugh suing. It's actually it's actually a crime, a felony to lie under oath to the Senate. And so if you lied under oath to the Senate, either in written testimony or verbally, you could be prosecuted without Judge Kavanaugh Kavanaugh lifting a finger. Um, and, and I actually do think yeah, that's but, what's supposed but, to happen. But and I'm not talking about politically. I'm talking about what's right, what's right and what's wrong. Um I, I think it's wrong for people to get away with stuff like that because it encourages more bad behavior. Um, oh, that's the music. Okay, so if you need to hold on, you're welcome to. Um, we can chat about this a little more on the other side of the break. I am going to have to go to the break right now, though. I hear the music. And when we get back, we'll be doing more phone calls. We'll take more of your calls at 866-963-2037. Um, Let's check and see if Norman wants to stay on until the other side of the break to rebut what I said. And we'll be back with more 866-963-2037. Stay there. Physical activity is the new trend. It's not a bad thing unless it has brought a sense of vanity in your life. Two years ago, I was not happy with the number on the scale nor how I looked. I've never been a huge person, but I was, as the old folks would say, healthy. (laughs) I joined a gym, gained a personal trainer, even changed some of my eating habits. The Lord checked me one day and in my spirit said, why are you disgusted with yourself? Be healthy, take care of the temple I've loaned you, but do it because you want to honor this body, which is your responsibility while on this earth. I said, you better let me know, Abba. Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
15 pounds down, I know that even if I was to never look like Serena Williams with those nice framed worked out arms, I am wonderfully made in his image. And so are you. With the heart for the Urban Family, I'm today's Urban Woman, Victory McIntosh. Connect with us more at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Family is an institution set forth by God. One man and one woman for life, with the outflow being children produced by that union. It's obvious to all that there is an attack on the family in our country, and especially on fathers. Whether it's the cycle of sin that persists in our families or the pressure from our government to exclude men from being intimately involved, the strategic battle is on for the souls of men. Join us in the battle to strengthen fatherhood UrbanFamilyTalk.com. We need you to call your senators today. Tell them to put an end to the liberals' filibuster, switch to a majority vote, and defund Planned Parenthood. Your call will make a difference. Call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121 or go to afaaction.net. Again, call 202-224-3121 and tell your senators to switch to a majority vote and defund Planned Parenthood. Donald Trump's America. President Trump hailed the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation while at a Kansas rally Saturday. We have a great new Supreme Court justice and he's gonna be there for many years. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, a member of the Judiciary Committee said on Fox News Sunday, the confirmation, even amid what he called democratic partisanship, is satisfying. I'm happy because the effort to humiliate and railroad a man I've known for 20 years who's never been banned from a mall unlike Roy Moore, failed. Democrats still say there is much to be investigated about Kavanaugh. Democratic Senator Chris Kuhn said on NBC's Meet the Press, he's heard talk of Democrats seeking impeachment of Kavanaugh if they take the House in November. But to him... I think that's premature. Kuhn said the focus of Congress should be on healing political divisions, but Republican leaders say the fallout from the fight will lead to a GOP surge at the polls during the midterm elections. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Vice News actually spent a lot of time with the protesters over yes. this past week. We saw the president say these are professional protesters paid by George Soros, et cetera, et cetera. What, 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 who were these people? What was so going on? A lot of them were, were normal people who were mad. We, we hung out with a group from Alaska who was very specifically talking to Lisa Murkowski. Um, a lot of them were Native Americans, which also played into Lisa Murkowski's decision. They actually felt a lot of respect for her because she brought them into their office. Um, she had a real conversation with them. And we also saw people who were organized. And that moment with Jeff Flake on the Hill, we talked to one woman who works for Ultraviolet, who was paid. She helped steer people in the right ways to be able to, to confront senators. So there were paid? There were people who were paid by organizations organizations like Ultraviolet to to try to harness that energy in a way that would make the viral moments that we ended up seeing. Well, well, well. So it's true. You know how often Donald Trump has proven to have told the truth about something? It's, it's kind of amazing. He said there were paid protesters there. There were. But will that get broadcast anywhere else besides the one network where she told the truth there? Who knows? Welcome back to the program. We're going to go back to Norman in Mississippi so he can finish his comment. Uh, thank you so much for holding on over the break, Norman, and thank you for calling into the show today. Uh, well, I, I was surprised that, that Donald Trump told the truth because he, uh, he has some problems with the truth, and you know it too, Stacey. No, but, actually, I don't. Well, 
<laughs> I don't know that. You don't think he had a problem with the truth? No, I don't. I think many times he he makes statements. Many times he makes statements and then the media distorts what he said or they just put out whatever they want. And then the truth, when the truth comes out, the story's already passed. And so people believe, as you do, that he's just lying all the time. When in reality, if you want to know the, the facts about it, I don't have it right here. But the the book that I most recently discussed with Ann Coulter, actually, it was the first interview she came on the show. In her book, she has a catalog of the things that he said that are true, that the media said were lies, that were actually true. And then the proof of the truth of it from verifiable news sources. I, I recommend you really look into yeah, that because they, it's it's not right to say he's a liar and he lies all the time if he doesn't lie all the time. That's not actually right to say about him. Stacey, I did not say he lied all the time. I you said, said he's a problem with the truth. I'm saying. Yes, he does have a problem with the truth. He doesn't tell the truth all the time. Do you I, think that I Obama that. had a problem with the truth? The media. Obama lied. Bush lied. Oh, okay. Most politicians from time to time lie. So I'm not. I, so are you I, saying listen, they all had a problem listen. with the truth as well? Because I'm just trying to figure out what the what the standard is. If all politicians I'm, lie, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying most politicians lie. I think that Donald Trump probably lies more. That's what I'm saying. But now, the truth is, Stacey, I don't, I don't listen to mainstream media. I deal with what I hear coming from a person. I'm not talking about what the media says. The media lies all the time. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what I hear with my own ears. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I am an independent because I don't believe in people putting the labels on me. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are. I, okay. You know, I'm gonna, I want to hear what you have to say, and then let me make my decision about what you said. But okay. getting back to uh, Brother West, I, the point that I'm making is, if you, if the, if the government goes after <clears throat> this woman because she said when he was young, she said it was in the 80s, he was inebriated, uh, he was sort of rambunctious. People said that about him anyway. And if, if she, if the government goes after her, they have to prove their case like she should have had to prove hers. And so you, you're not, you, not going to get anything out of that, I'm telling you. Uh, and, and if that woman goes back on the stand and the government beats and batters her, all you're going to get is more Democrats voting for, for, for Democrat senators and representatives. I'm telling y'all, the best thing to do is to leave that alone. I, I feel that you, you can't win with that. Mm. You can't win, Stacey. Well, I, I'm, I'm not so sure about the winning, you know, because I, I, would, I would not be the one to say, oh, it's a winning issue. But I do think when people are allowed to, uh, it was an orchestrated hit job. When that's allowed to go on, then you have people who are now waiting in the wings to do the same thing to any one of the other 23 or 22 people, whoever's left on the list. All of their names have already been put out there. Do you know them? Did you know them in high school? Did you ever date them? Did you ever have an intimate relationship with them? What can you tell us about them? And these people, especially if they're the kind of people who don't care um, about their, their, in other words, they don't care about being infamous, then they're going to come forward. They're going to say whatever they want. We know that one of the accusers, her claims are absolutely outrageous and just un- unsupportable. The one who said that he was in charge of rape gangs. And 
she's an accomplice if it, if the story was true because she went back repeatedly and participated if if that's the truth. So we know it's not the truth. She actually stepped forward and lied intentionally. There has to be a repercussion for that. I I do understand what you're saying about not winning on it. Uh, you know, it's it's it remains to be seen whether or not it would be beneficial, but is it, do we prosecute people because it's beneficial or because they've broken the law? We we have to have some standard. Um Anyway, thank you so much for calling and for hanging on. If a prosecutor don't think he can win, he won't pursue a case. Well, yeah, but this isn't, you don't need a prosecutor to uh, prosecute for someone for lying to the Senate. It's, it's a totally different process. If they find that you lied, they, they hold you in contempt of the Senate. And, you know, the, the ramifications, it's, it's not the same uh finding a prosecutor who wants to prosecute the case, et cetera, et cetera. It's you lied to Congress and here's the proof. And then, you know, going forward, you lied to the Senate and here's the proof and going forward. Um, so it's a little different, but I, I get what you're saying. Thank you so much for calling the show today and happy Columbus Day. Uh, let's keep on with our phone calls. We still have plenty of time. Kathy in Mississippi. Thank you so much for calling the show today. Thank you, Stacy. I love listening to you. Oh, My thanks. question is sort of in the same vein. Um, I would like to see repercussions for the senators on that committee who assisted in the uh, negative turns that mm-hmm. the hearings took. Um, Senator Booker uh, actually, re- as I understand, released some information that was he should not have done. Um, somebody coordinated out of, all of that stuff out of probably um, Senator Feinstein's office or yep. somewhere around there. Um, we need to start punishing people in the limelight. Um, it's hard to expect your children to behave when grown-ups don't have to. I'm telling you, yes. So, Kathy, you're making the point that I, I maybe I just wasn't making myself clear I'm I'm concerned, Kathy, that we're in a situation now where if senators aren't chastised for this, censured, you know, at least outed for doing this, and there is an investigation that has been launched into who leaked the memo, there the FBI has a referral for that. If that's not followed up on, then it's exactly as you say. It's not just our kids, although they're learning a lot. It's also... Um, you know, other people who are elected officials. This, this is a human condition. When we see someone get away with something, we are more likely to do it ourselves. And I think you make an excellent point. We we have to have some ramifications for this kind of what, what we saw, which was just a free-for-all. It was just like a melee. I, cu- I couldn't believe it. I still can barely believe that we saw that. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling yeah. the show today. Uh, you're, Thank you. are dead I on. you. Take care. Oh, all right. You too. <laughs> uh, let's talk to uh, Martin in Tennessee. Hey, Martin, thanks for calling the show today. Hello. Hello. Uh, I have a, very, a couple of very close female friends that were victims of rape and uh, talked to one of them about what was going on with uh, Kavanaugh's accuser. And uh, her incident happened when she was under 10, and she could remember every detail, and she's 53 now. So uh, she said she was inclined to believe that uh, Dr. Ford didn't utter a true word, and that that was a put-up deal as one of Hillary's operatives who was put into the mix 
to derail Kavanaugh and also to throw uh, some more mud on Trump. Uh, the good thing about it is I think uh, I think Diane Feinstein shot herself in the foot because if the American public cannot see what the radical left is like it is about and that they have a uh, a cultural Marxist agenda and that they will break any rule and they will violate all fair play to uh, execute their agenda, then uh, we really have drunk too much of the Kool-Aid. But uh, I think it may have been an awakening, and now we're becoming more polarized uh, as the Democratic Party does what they do. But that's probably a good thing, because the truth is coming out. I'll say just let it uh, fall where it may. And as far as Trump lying, uh, same thing. Uh, it's a propaganda operation. And yes, if you want to read uh, the playbook, if you want to read the playbook, read Propaganda, written in 1928 by Edward Bernays, and then read the book he wrote prior to that. It's called uh, Engineering Consent in 1923. And that's the playbook that communist regimes have used to topple republics all over the globe for the 20th and 21st century. Mm. All right. Thank you for those book recommendations. You know how I love to put those on my list and get to them. Um, and you make you make an excellent point. My my issue with Donald Trump is not that he's never said something that was inaccurate or that I think he's you know un, incapable of telling a lie. I'm not one of those people, Martin. I'm, I don't I don't say that about people. I've heard other people describe individuals that they admire. She's incapable of telling a lie. And I'm like, no, she doesn't like anything like our father in heaven. So that is not accurate about to say about anyone as much as you may like them. But by the same token, Donald Trump is not a liar, as people like to they like to say that about him because it delegitimizes him. He's no more of a liar than any other politician we've had. In fact, he's been proven right more often than he's given credit for. And I think that's the problem here. He actually has to go out and tell the truth. Martin, did you see how last week he said just the, the very specific comments about Christine Blasey Ford and it completely changed the news cycle because most Americans were beginning to believe her because the news was saying she's credible, she's credible, she's credible. He just pointed out a few holes in what she was saying, and all of a sudden they had to start doing a cleanup job because he, he made points that resonated. And, of course, he had to speak directly to the American people. Well, I don't, I don't see where he's lied, though. I mean, I've been really looking hard at it because, I mean, I don't think he's a saint. I mean, he's, you know, he made his living in the belly of the beast. You know, I mean, he's... He's, he's not uh, Lilliputian by any stretch, but he is the man in the arena, and mm-hmm. I think he's the one God put there uh, mm-hmm. with all his imperfections. And that might work to his advantage because he knows he's imperfect, and he knows he puts his legs on one, uh, his pants on one leg at a time, mm-hmm. just like everybody that gets up and goes to work in this country. And I think that's what they appreciate. We'll give him some latitude for imperfection because he's on our side. He is mm-hmm. not a globalist. He loves this country, and he understands that this is a republic and how special it is. And he'll, he'll fight. I bet he'd fight to the death for this country. I, I believe you. I, I honestly see that about him. He, when, when, and you know why I think that, Martin? It's not, it, I, I've seen him display that here in some of the rallies when he talks about some of the situations, like the jobs being shipped overseas and the people who've had their kids killed by illegal immigrants. But he really gets fired up when he speaks to foreign leaders. I've noticed he has a penchant for almost being 
he's he's like righteously indignant when he talks to these world leaders about how they're robbing the American middle class of our prosperity through these horrible trade deals. And he's just like a man defending his family. That's the stance that I see in him when he's taking them to task. And he doesn't pull any punches. He's never there to make them feel good. He always goes there to make them know that he doesn't think they're anything because they're trying to take advantage of us. And they've been doing so for decades. I agree with you. I think you're uh, you're dead on. But I'm, I'm not looking for a saint. I already have a pastor. I know who the saints are. I know who my father in heaven is. What I'm looking for is someone who'll get in there, like you said, in the arena and fight like he means it. Fight like he's fighting for his own family, which is what I think he does on a, on a daily basis. Um, so much different from what President Obama did. Thank you so much for calling the show today. Um, fantastic calls. Thank you so much. We are getting close to the end of our uh, hour here. And I want to just point out that that vice news chief admitting that Donald Trump was right about the paid protesters, that's not, that's not the way it's framed in the media. It's not framed that she validated what he said. It's framed differently because the minute you start validating that Donald Trump is telling the truth at these rallies, then everything else begins to fall apart. And, and all of it, the, the iron tank that is the media and the Democratic you know, apparatus that, that, that kind of pushes everything along behind the scenes, that funds the protesters, that radicalizes the college students, all of that stuff is loosely knit together by the idea that they're the righteous ones. They're the ones who are doing what's right. And everybody else, like Martin just said, we pulling on our pants one leg at a time and getting up and going to work and doing what we do, going to church, going to do all the things that you have to do in a day and then coming home at night tired and exhausted and going to bed so you can get up and do it the next day. And Bible, you know, Bible study, church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, all that stuff. What they want to do is they want to invalidate that experience. That's not the normal America. And they want to make those screaming harpies scratching the door of the Supreme Court with their fingernails during Kavanaugh's swearing in. They want us to think that's normal. That's not, I'm not willing, mm -mm, that's not normal. Scraping your own fingernails off on a wooden door that you know is locked, that's not normal. So, all right, if you're leaving us now, <laughs> good evening from the heartland. And if you're staying with us, you have onenewsnow.com news and information, important stuff. It's coming at you right now. Keep it here.